How the Prince Stole Christmas by L.A. Moody. Available for reading on fanfiction.mugglenet.com. All the wizards at Hogwarts liked Christmas a lot, but the prince who dwelled deep in the dungeons did not. Severus Snape hated Christmas, Yule and Kwanzaa, hated every last song, hated every last stanza. But the dungeons were home, no one doubted the fact, and the role of professor made up for the lack of any true feelings taking root in his heart, since his harsh words to Lily had torn friends apart. But whatever the reason, his woes or his losses, his poisonous words dribbled down like molasses. I detest all the cheer, blast them all to perdition. It's high time I carved out my own yuletide tradition. No one questions their customs, so outdated and worn. I'll show them, chortled he, his voice dripping with scorn. Then he grimaced more deeply, his thin lips in a frown, morbid thoughts welling up till he feared he might drown, and his memories filtered through Christmas's past, filled with infernal caroling, followed by the repast. First they'd bring up the trees, drag them far through the snow, giving hardly a thought to when others might grow. Not just one, oh no, sir, that would not do at all. Never less than twelve trees to grace the great hall. Then the tinsel and garlands and true fairy lights, draping holly and mistletoe long through the night. When will it end, he'd growled time and again, but no one had answered, looked to him as a friend. They'd ignored his dark glances, as his mother had done, trading gifts with each other, too immersed in their fun, to notice he was admitted, to include the outcast, see the unloved young schoolboy walk away at the last, drowning tears in his potions, so no one would guess that his parents consigned him to Hogwarts, giftless. All too young he had learned to avoid others' company shrugging off Christmas parties full of joy and cacophony, where they'd unwrap their presents, fling the foil to the skies, scan the vague product promises that most often were lies. Yes, the gadgets from Zonko's were the absolute worst, all abominable objects that spun, stank, or burst. So Snape made up his mind, and he made it right quick. He'd purloin all the finery, while dressed as Saint Nick. Not a one would suspect him. He'd outsmart all the elves. They'd have three weeks of quietude and time to themselves. What to use for a sleigh, was his next snarky thought. Must be suitably large to contain the whole lot. With specimen jars staring down from the rafters, it did not take him long to find what he was after. Beady eyes had caught sight of the rug on the floor, a faded axminster which was buoyant no more. It was red, oh so red, he pronounced with dark glee, and room enough for a forest of trees. Should he try to find reindeer, mid Hagrid's stockade, or a fine brace of thestrals to lead the parade? No, indeed, he would not. He could spell it instead, with a levitating charm, to float high overhead. It was really so simple, such a far-reaching plan. It would change preconceptions all over the land. Old St. Nick needed raiments to complete the charade, but habitual black was the sole thing he had. He eyed the long curtains that hung round his bed, inspiration taking root in the back of his head. So dressed in new robes of Slytherin green, he slunk up the stairs, down the stone halls unseen. Glowing purple with menace hidden deep on his shelves was the illegal potion so effective with elves, 
a pernicious solution coaxed to waft through the vents, masked with cinnamon, nutmeg, and holiday scents, soon sent castle residents yawning to bed, while the crafty old devil crept downstairs instead. In the kitchen, the elves had succumbed to the potion, snoring deep in their chairs, with hardly a notion that the gifts which lay stately arranged by the fire would be gone who knows where when the long night expired. With a sneer of contempt, Snape packed up all the sweets, took the simmering soup and the tasty roast meats. Almost done, almost there, he had almost succeeded, when a bend in the hall showed the last thing he needed. Out of bed for a snack, the boy named for a weasel, and the bushy-haired girl with her ginger kneesel. With barely a flick, he disillusioned himself. Then the high-floating rug eased behind the tall shelf. An oblivious pair, but not so the cat, with instinct superior to that freckle-faced brat. Into corners it stared with its feral gold eyes, so patient it hunted, so stalwart, so wise. In the other direction Snape was forced to retreat. He was hailed by Pomona with the rug at his feet. Gifts for orphans, Professor. How could I not see? Nobly offered, Snape lied, quite anonymously. Surely others would see through this cheap fabrication, then expose Snape's dark plots, raining down ruination. But Pomona just smiled, sent him off on his way, with his mountain of loot on his ill-gotten sleigh. He'd catch it on fire, throw it over the side, watch the fathomless lake take it out with the tide. In his dark dreams he reveled in the cover of night, when the long-bearded shape nearly gave him a fright. Will you make it for pudding? I just don't say how. Then it's best we presented your gift to you now. A magnanimous wave of his glittering hand, Albus summoned a box with its own gilded stand. Snape was caught without words. He was caught unawares, while the old wizard urged him to climb up the stairs. We're too old to go sledding, both too old, not like you, said the dotty old man and the tartan-clad shrew. It couldn't. It didn't. Yes, the tag bore his name, and Snape's hands hesitated as his heart filled with shame. Still, he opened the box with considerable care, moved the tissue and padding to see what lay in there. From the depths shone a basin of blackest obsidian, nimbly crafted by elves to be extra resilient. Oh, the potions he'd brew. He'd be world-widely famous. He'd be free of this school, and his duties so heinous. They were watching him now, seeing how he'd reply. Would he stumble away with another bold lie? So he lifted his eyes to catch Arbus's grin, while Minerva stood poised with a hand at her chin. He thanked them profusely, as he'd learned as a lad, hardly daring to think what few options he had. Must have taken you years to amass all that gold, yet you knew what I wanted without being told. It was easy, good man, offered she without fear. Your obsession with potions abundantly clear. Then they sat him right down with a blanket most sensible, while the wizard's blue eyes flashed him looks reprehensible. In the warmth of the room, his plot clearly derailed. Severus bared his true thoughts of how he had failed. Confounded, Albus, why persist with the best when my virulent nature is clear to the rest? Not just yet, cautioned Albus. You've another chance still. It's unfair to exclude you from acts of goodwill. So we took it upon us, though you'll find it distasteful, to show not all the world is so callous and wasteful. 
If you'll just allow me, the old woman averred, I'll put things to rights, with hardly a word. With a circular wave of her knobby white arm, all the trees reassembled without any harm. All the gifts floated sprightly right in front of his eyes to recipients' beds, who would never surmise just how closely they'd missed finding Christmas so bare, with no gifts from their loved ones, no overwrought fare. Did they think they'd reformed him just as quickly as that? So simplistic and easy, just like changing a hat. Slapped his wrist like a child, left him toys to beguile. Sent him off to his bed with a cookie, a smile. Not so fast did he think to forgive the distress that had long ago eaten a hole in his breast. I still hate all the noise, all the songs and frivolity. I refuse to don hats, laugh at jokes, join your jollity. Well, we've tried, sighed the wizard. I've no power to alter what you've no doubt decided. Then his words seemed to falter. But a brandy that's shared just among three old friends, that's not too much to ask, said she, making amends. Only one day per year, cautioned Snape, unrepentant. And for Christmas Eve, too, bargained Albus, expectant. Fine, snarled Snape with a swirl of his cape, giving grudging respect as he made his escape. They had cleverly twisted his dark aims to theirs, grumbled Snape deep inside as he trudged down the snares. He'd no choice but to follow this tradition thereafter, when for one day a year he'd allowed them their laughter, at his pithy remarks, every one condescending. He'd consume their rum punch, plied with toasts never-ending. Why, he'd even make light of his role in this place, teaching Lily's green eyes in James' smug, specky face. Something when Ryan had me change to be able to do the live podcast, he had me do some stuff, and I think that's what's caused the echo. Okay. And I don't quite know what to do to fix that. Mm. Is it distracting, or do you think you can plow through it? It's a little bit distracting. We might be able to do it. If I could get rid of this thing. Ooh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ah. You can still hear us? I love it when I know what I'm doing. That's true. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I've lost the thick now, so I better go find it because I shut everything down. Ryan and I have been okay. running into this on the POV one where mm-hmm. one of us can't hear the other. And, it, you know, and he does this and he does that. And it finally ends up that he's got to shut everything down and restart it. So I went straight to that step this time. But <laughs> When in doubt, reboot. Yep, I've okay. learned. Um, we can kind of quick go through the story and then do it. I need to pack for my vacation. And <laughs> so do I. Stuff like that. So <laughs> dare you want to go on vacation? <laughs> I am so excited about this. I have a picture and everything. We're going to Sun River, which is um, near Bend, Oregon. It's sort of a ski resort. Okay. So cool. there's going to be, um, I think the house sleeps like 15 people. Okay. And at one point, there'll be about 18 of us. Oh. And there's a swimming pool on in the, like, area that we're going to be in that has maybe a wave pool. And it apparently has, like, water slides and things like that. But I can't imagine that we'll be uh, doing that in the snow. And 
then um, there's a hot tub at the house that we're staying and there's skiing and museums and things like that. It's kind of where I grew up. It's where my mom moved after um, when she first moved to Oregon. And I used to spend summers in the area before this was a resort. So I've never been to the resort area of this, but Bend, I used to spend time in Bend. Are you going to go skiing or The kids are going snowboarding. Mike and Calvin have snowboard passes. Mom's going cross-country skiing. Oh, I figured I'd just um, hang out with the dog because she's coming with us. <laughs> okay. And edit. Mm-hmm. And edit. And edit from your cabin. Edit some more. Yes. <laughs> We're going to play games and cards fun. and things like that. It'll be fun. You got the little snowman. We have two little kids coming who have never seen snow. Oh, wow. that'd be fun. And you got to oh, bring hat. So hat. So hat can be the snowman's hat. <laughs> and put him in Gryffindor. That would be funny. I'll have take to take pictures. I, I'd hate to lose him. Oh yeah, don't lose him. Well, we'll, we'll see. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you could give the the snowman a house scarf or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll take my scarf. In fact, I have to remember it. It's behind my seat in the car. Mm. I did not take my scarf this morning because yesterday it was quite warm. It was about minus five, which is mm, I don't know <laughs> high twenties. Um, Okay, high 20s, that's good. Because we were down yeah. to 12, which is what, not minus 10 or something like that? Well, we're supposed to get mm. up into the 50s and the 60s in the next couple of days. Whoa, yeah. I know, we're then, having, I mean, it's been one of the coldest, um, coldest so far, and it's not even considered winter yet. <laughs> it's definitely winter here. And, uh, right. yeah, and today, Uh-oh. having not taken my scarf with me, it was now minus 20, minus 30 with wind chill, which is mm. probably, you know, um, into your minus 20s cold. or something. <laughs> yeah, that's cold. Because <laughs> I know our minus 40 is the same, so it's, it's you know. <laughs> we were at negative 12 at night. Not negative 12, at 12 degrees at night. And in the 20s for three or four days, and the well froze. So mom literally did not have water, was melting snow from Sunday to Thursday. Wow. And I went down to my brothers and lived because I had to be able to get to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, I mean, we've been in the, tw- we've been in the twenties the most of the time. And usually, I mean, we don't have, sn- we usually don't have snow until January, but we've had snow the whole entire time. And now we're going to have 50 and sixties. And then we're like, Oh my gosh, we're not going to have snow for Christmas. And my uh, sister-in-law, my niece is coming and it's her first Chris, my niece's first Christmas. So, yeah. and my parents got her a toboggan. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Interesting. Meanwhile, it's like boiling here. So. Whatever. Yes. Well, well, you're in the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's no? That's crazy. <laughs> what is this foreign word you speak of? Mm. They get snow in winter. It happens in Australia. It does. Just rarely. Mm. I think in, in the mountains or whatever, there are, there are snowy yeah. parts of Australia. <laughs> the snow is a location that you go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because Kenza <laughs> wrote a fic about the snow in Australia. <laughs> So, and, and we are trying to teach the cats to come through a kitty door. So my apartment is freezing because the kitty door is wide open so the cats (laughs) can come in and go and we can teach them to do that. So we have to hurry so I can either get in bed or go back to where it's warm. I've I've blocked up the kitty door here because um, it lets in the flies and Mm -hmm. I hate it. There's flies all through my house. No, that's not good. I can't have a kitty door. She's not allowed outside. No. No. 
How are you doing, well, Trisha? You sound like you got a cold. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm draining. <laughs> Aww. And when I drain, I get this nice, sexy voice. And then everybody at work asks ask me if I if I started a new job doing sex sex phone calls. I'm like, thanks, <laughs> people. Well, I'm like, oh, no. You, you might make some good money doing that, Trisha. I, I probably would, but it lasts for about a week or so. And so I only get a week's worth of work, so. Well, you know, if you're making really good money for that week, then it might be, it's Christmas present, <laughs> see? Yeah. That, that is true. <laughs> that is family. true. I just don't know when I'm going to get the voice. I usually, for the last like year and a half, I, I haven't gotten it. And now I got it. I'm like, crap. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of course then everybody at work yeah. calls me Tim. <laughs> yeah, my my son, he's he looked he he started making fun of me. He started trying to do his own raspy voice, and he goes, "Mom, you sound like Clint Eastwood." I'm like, "Thanks, baby. Yeah, I love you too." <laughs> oh well. Go ahead, make my day. That's he's like, he's like, "Come on, punk, make my day." I'm like, "Oh, shut <laughs> up." <laughs> That's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> oh, but what do you, yeah, like, uh, because my my son's very into, oh, he likes Clint Eastwood movies and stuff like that. He's never seen a Dirty Harry movie, but he's seen, like, um, Hang Him High and. No, he, he's seen Kelly's Heroes mm. <laughs> and he's seen Heartbreak Ridge. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he likes those I don't those think I've ever things. seen any Clint Eastwood yeah. shows, so, you know. Really? Oh, they're fun. The old westerns are great. Oh, the yeah. spaghetti westerns are awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know just some of the cliches the, from them just because they've got into other stuff, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like the harmonica and things. Well, let's say that we are going to start this. It's going to be our holiday episode, and we just wanted to do a little something to yeah. let everybody know that we were thinking about them this holiday season. Yay. Yay. So <laughs> if you are listening to this, hopefully you're also listening to the Point of View podcast because this is Potterfic Weekly, a family of podcasts. And the Point of View podcasts are, have just hopefully released um, an episode or possibly a double episode of The Oars. So mm-hmm. tune in and listen to our bumbling uh or experts try to play Dungeons and Dragons Harry Potter style. It's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, and- it is. <laughs> I stayed up till midnight last night plotting with Bob how evil he's going to be to do next. He's already <laughs> evil. I'm already dying slowly. I knew better than to touch that thing too. So cute. So you will have Why to if you, you haven't Mike listened to, to it, it at the time, you will have to listen in to yes. those episodes because they are fun. They are fun. We we are enjoying ourselves immensely. Well, and I I'm doing something different. I haven't done in a long time. Yeah. I'm listening to all the Harry Potter stories at work. Oh cool. <laughs> I'm all, I just finished the second book. So you know, you need Phoenix tears. Mm. Yes, we do. That's we just what I need. Flush the toilet. Somebody's dragging something on something. I don't think it was quite a toilet sound. Oh, it was me. It was, I'm drinking coffee. I was dragging the cup towards me. I'm sorry. I didn't think you would hear it. Oh, we hear everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I need some Phoenix tears. I'm going to have to. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's good, Trisha, because I could. There, I helped you, Sue. I bet you that Danielle has some, and I could request some, and that would just make Bob mad. And because they won't <laughs> hear this. Scott, don't and, say anything. Until it comes out, him. their gifts should already hopefully be here. I got all of them Dungeons & Dragons dice for oh, the cool. holidays. And then I made them spell cards to go with so that they had cards to turn over after they do their spells. So each of fun. them got spell cards. It was really fun. I had a great time making them. I had more mistakes than I had finished cards, but, you know, <laughs> it works. It so how did you put those together? What what sort of cards are they then? It's just some cardstock paper that I have. And on the front, I wrote the the ores, and I did the um, Deathly Hallow symbol. Oh, yeah. And then I turned them over, and I wrote each of the um, spells that Bob had given us. So there's a stupefy, and it tells what it does. And, you know, you roll 1d20, damage is 1d6, and this is what it does. Or this is a charm, and this is the charm it is, and, and you know, what it does, and things like that. So I wrote them down on each individual card. Because when you're playing, once you use it, you have to, you can't use it again. So if you turn it over, you don't accidentally try to use it, and you know which ones you've used and which ones you haven't. Yeah, and I also sense. did, I took the, um, or parchment thing that you had made mm -hmm. and I made each of them one of those too, but I nice. gave them those last night. Yeah. You, you found all their information and stuff you needed. I sent them messages and said, I need this information, please. And I got it. So yeah, I need oh, to go works. update some things in the or chat on Puffa. But we were starting the podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's start with our fic. And, um, then we'll see if we can get some interesting people lost. or interesting other clips to throw in after we're done with that. For Wednesday, December 25th, this is Special Edition 37. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. And happy holidays, everyone. Hey, Ron. The next time. Yeah. Previously on Pontific Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Pontific Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Pontific Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yep. Okay, what did I miss? Am I like surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. your trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Sex and snork axe, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Think we please, where the story never ends. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. welcome to special edition, whichever number this is. Mm-hmm. 37. And it's technically not Christmas, but maybe when you're listening to this, it will be. <laughs> That's the plan. Fingers crossed. Uh, and we are going to be doing Christmas on the Outside by Equinox Chick, who, if I am correct, is one of the readers on uh, MuggleNet Fan Fiction's audio stories. Audio fictions. Audio yes, fictions. she is. And she also, um, she reads, but she also has some of her own fix. And she is the one that read the story A Little More Time mm-hmm. that we covered uh, on our podcast a few years ago. And she actually did the reading of each of the chapters. So if you enjoyed that, you might go find MuggleNet Audio Fictions and look it up because it was really well done. Yeah, so she's very multi-talented. And mm-hmm. uh, she has uh, not just a few. She has a lot of her own fics. There's, um, let me see, 153, ah, apparently. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Okay. I'm sure some That's of them are one-shots yeah. like this one, but mm-hmm. still. She... It all counts. It all counts. Yes, it does. And we are starting off with... It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve, and it starts off saying that this is the kind of Christmas Eve that children pray for. The air is cold, a fresh frost is on the ground, the branches of the tree is frosty, and for those tucked up in bed knowing that if they didn't sleep, Santa wouldn't visit, you know, they're restless and dreaming, but then we also have... It's not so nice when you're standing out in it in a cloak, mm-hmm. which is yeah. what's going on with Dean Thomas. And no matter yeah. how many warring charms, you sh- he's still cold, all the way down to the bone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ever you ever been that cold? Where like no matter what you do, you're just still cold. I yeah. hate that. You yeah, oh, up. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel podcasting in this apartment. <laughs> the there was a day last week where um, you know, the the hair in my nostrils started to freeze together. It's a very odd sensation. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, that would so. be bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, he can, he's thinking about Christmas, and the earliest Christmas he could remember when was he, when he was five. And he knew he was five because that was the age that Gary had entered their lives, and Gary's his stepfather. And he presented Dean with a new football, and they'd gone to the park for a kick around. And they were only supposed to be gone for an hour, but they were gone closer to two. But his mom wasn't mad because she's happy that she's got this new guy in her life. He didn't quite understand it, but he's happy he's got this new guy, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He was taking an interest in him. He needs a father from from the aspect. It was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And his mom had found a box of crackers. So there was going to be two for each of them. But Gary said that Dean could have his too. And so his mom said he could have them too. So he got all six of them. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know what? That's he wore one four thing of the hats. I have never seen. I've seen them. But they're you've never seen Christmas crackers? Off the Christmas hats? The Christmas crackers? Yeah. I've yeah. never seen, you've never seen the stacking of the hats? No. Uh-uh. I've never oh, seen a cracker. My family does that. They, they try to win all the hats. And they see like whoever has like the most amount of hats stacked on their head. Wins. <laughs> That's fun. We've never done that, but we have had the the Christmas crackers, or occasionally we do them for uh, Easter or some other um, okay occasion as well. And you get the little uh, tissue paper crown, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they come in various different colors. So you have, sometimes we swap if we want. You know, somebody has a better color, um, and then there's usually a little plastic thing, toy thing of some sort, and a couple other things in it. Often. 
the ones that we've got, they often have a little joke or a pun or something written on uh, the huh. page. That's uh, The last ones I remember, um, they had jokes in English on one side and jokes in French on the other side, and they weren't the same jokes. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> but, there you um, go. We couldn't really tell what exactly <laughs> the French ones were, so, you know. <laughs> I thought it was fun. You could look on the Internet, Tricia, and order some, I bet you. Oh, I probably, I'll have to do it for next year. It won't come in time now. No. Mm-hmm. So, they aren't quite as fun as the ones that they have in uh, um, the Harry Potter World. books, where they yeah. you know actually explode and have chess sets and live mice and things in them, but uh, they yeah, make that a would be loud cool. snapping noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ulrich would like them. Yeah, I'll have to do that. So, looking back... Unless maybe I could find a store around here that has them. Yeah. Well, I might have to check that out. You could Google no, it. probably. It says, looking back, he remembered this, that Christmas vividly, while the others yeah. kind of paled or merged. Because his mom was newly in love and was, you know, pathetically grateful that someone was taking an interest in her son. Mm-hmm. And, and he got to wear his four hats, mm-hmm. and then the next day they got um, bacon sandwiches for breakfast, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah, bacon sandwiches are always good. Yeah. You could still taste that bacon. Oh, definitely. With all the butter. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had a bacon sandwich, like just bacon. It seems weird to me, but... Uh, yeah. Has it, it always it. been a BLT? Yeah, yeah, things like that I've had. But. Or bacon and egg sandwich. Well... If you lived in my house with my son, sometimes you'll just have a bacon sandwich you have. <laughs> we went backpacking once and we ate all the food that we had. I cooked bacon in a little pan on a single burner. I could cook a half a slice or a slice and a half. So I think I had three half slices in the pan. That was all I could get in there. And I cooked for three hours until I ran out of bacon and all the kids got what they wanted. But when we <laughs> came off that mountain... All we had left was bread and mustard, so the kids ate mustard sandwiches. Ugh. Wow. They thought it was great. I was like, no, thank you. I will wait till we get to civilization. So. Yeah. It would not be my thing. I still don't really like mustard, mustard. that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like mustard, but not that much. Yeah. Peanut butter. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah, no, this was mustard. It was funky. I was like, no. On white bread. It was ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're way off course. But tonight, Dean is—they've got fish and white bread that he had forged from a shop, which Ted Tonks kind of gave him the look because he'd been stealing. But they needed the bread, and it was good. And he finished first, as he usually did. Dean's a fast eater. He's like me. I—I've mm-hmm. eaten so much with little kids that you got to get done faster. You don't get to get done. Mm-hmm. So. And it talks about how when they first started, he never got full, but they've been on the run so long that his stomach has shrunk and he doesn't eat as much as he used to. And Yeah, but Ted still keeps trying to give him his portion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he Ted tonight. Well, he's a child to him, and he knows it. I mean, he yes, he has an order, his daughter's order, but he sees him as a child and wants to take care of him. He's a dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Growing boys need their food. It's very yeah. important. It is. Mine will eat me out of my house at home now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he will. Oh. Mm-hmm. My brother's a bit like that now. Yeah, well, he's getting into more and more sports, so, yeah. 
Burning more and more calories. It's, it's more yeah, food, yeah. My brother is um fifteen and he plays a lot of tennis, so like back when I used to live at home you would like get home and there would be nothing left in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I remember when my brother was that age, he came home and and ate a box of macaroni and cheese every day after school. An entire wow. box of macaroni and cheese every day after school. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, Sounds about right. Not, not including the dinner that he would eat afterwards. Right, too. right. No, that was just the after school yeah. snack. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So. That was some nice processed food there for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it kept him happy, though. So mm-hmm. Ted's, Ted's kind of full. He says, I can't eat anymore. And he pushes it away and... Dean says, no, I'm not hungry. Go ahead and eat. And Ted snaps at him. I, I don't want it. I, I'm going to go. And he gets up and he kind of walks away. And in a flash, Griphook and Gormick steal the fish and the bread because they're goblins and they don't really care. I couldn't remember. It was a while because I knew it was Ted and Dean and I knew it was Griphook, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember the third one. So I couldn't remember if he was, if it was another goblin or not. It was supposed to be another goblin, and I don't know about Dirk. I don't know if there was five of them altogether. It seems like there was. Uh, yeah, there I could, I can't remember. I can't quite remember who Dirk is, but I think his name is Dirk Cresswell. I just can't remember what he's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Anybody. Right. Uh, it's, it's been a while. Like I said, I'm, I'm only like on the reading this, book. and I'm like, I haven't read the seventh book in ages. And when you get on this podcast, and not know anything. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who's like, who's Doug? No. Mm-hmm. I don't like, think we knew the second goblin's name. I think that was something she made up for this, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we'll have to go back and do a reread. Well, I'll tell you after I'm done with the third book. Okay. <laughs> well, no, this is going to be the last book. Yeah, that's true. Okay, it's going to be well. Yep. Mm-hmm. No yawning, we just started. Sorry. <laughs> I've been sick. I haven't been able to sleep very well because oh, yeah, I sleep at one and then one nostril's all filled up. Then I go to the other side, oh. the other nostril fills up and I'm like, huh. Yeah. And no I felt like I got a workout today and I felt great afterwards and now I'm like, <laughs> Apparently Dirk Cresswell is a Muggleborn who's was the head of the Goblin Legation office, which is why he speaks gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. And um, he was he tried to fake his family tree as not being a Muggleborn, but he was discovered, so he went on the run. Yeah, during the whole okay. Why were the two? Why are the two goblins on the run? I think because they didn't approve of what was going on in Gringotts, and they didn't. Um, I don't know if I'm now getting fanfic mixed up with canon, but it seems like there <laughs> yeah. was something that went on that they didn't approve like, of, so they left. Yeah, it was just one thing. I don't. I think even when reading reading the seventh book, I couldn't remember, mm-hmm. or it, or it was maybe glossed over. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the um, Harry Potter wikia, mm-hmm. so. Uh, no guarantees on how accurate this is, but apparently Gornuck is an actual known name, so we did know his name. And uh, they were among a... Um, once the Death Eaters took over the ministry, they started to try and horn in on grip on uh, Gringotts Moor, mm-hmm. and um, the goblin workers didn't want to work for wizards, and Gornuck apparently hated living like a house elf, so they ran off. They ran for it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So Ted's kind of stomped off and Dirk says it's because 
he's missing his family. You know, it's Christmas Eve and he misses his wife. He told me last night that they've never spent Christmas apart. And Dean's like, I didn't know. And, yeah. you know, Dirk says, well, he didn't want you to brood. He, he has a soft spot for you. And he, you know, he knows that he's got a grandkid on his way and that he'll probably never see the little guy. Yeah. Dean. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Dean says, shall I go talk to him? And Dirk says, okay, try to lighten up his mood. And Dean's like, uh, well, uh, you know, cause he was hoping Dirk would say no. <laughs> and Dirk's yeah. like, okay, forget it, I'll go. And yeah. He's like, no, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. I- I'll yeah. make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. And- Stop messing his wife. <laughs> yes. And the first thing Ted does is talk about his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, oh crap, I was supposed not to even say anything. Yeah. yeah well, Dean didn't bring it up. <laughs> nope. Ted did, because that's what's close to Ted's heart right now. And he says how they eloped at Christmas time and how he had waited for her out underneath the third lamppost. And she had to get away from her family and her sister suspected. So she was had to be really tricky. Mm-hmm. She's a yeah. tricky yeah. little blighter. Mm-hmm. He ended up waiting for an hour. So. Yeah, he got really cold. Not quite as cold as he is now, but pretty cold. And he, she ended up lacing the soup with pepper up potion. And when they were all gasping for breath with steam coming out of their ears, she ran to the bathroom and climbed out the window. (laughs) (laughs) And Dean said, she must have loved you very much. And Ted said, loved. And he looked at Dean and he says, she still does. And I love her. And somehow we're going to get back together. And then he wanted to know if Dean had a girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And says, eh, not really, because, you know, I was seeing someone last year, but then she broke up with me, and now she's with Harry Potter, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Poor Dean. He's, yeah. But then he mentions football, and that mm. perks Ted up, too, because mm-hmm. although they don't support the same teams, they both <sighs> really enjoy football. Well, they're motorboard. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. I like the little story he's like he says about how he he took Seamus and and he just didn't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it was just so sweet because Ted's like I took Dora. She didn't understand it either. She wanted everybody to be on a broom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I looked them up. Apparently, um. Spurs is a North London team and West Ham is an East London team. So, ah, there you go. Ah, yeah. yeah. So they would have probably played each other in some of the things. Mm-hmm. They'd be familiar with the, each other's teams. Yeah. yeah. And Dean says, well, let's go. Let's plan on it. When we're not on the run anymore, we'll go together. And yeah. We'll leave, leave those damn wizards at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And Ted says, I'd like that, but I'm not paying those silly prices. And Dean says, that's okay. We'll confund the gate men. <laughs> Ted disapproves again. Yeah. <laughs> and then they kind of talk about, it's too bad we didn't find a stable. Oh, I bet they're all busy this time of the year. <laughs> so they're, they're getting their little bit of Christmas cheer in there. Yeah. yeah, it's good. That night, Dean dreams. He dreams about kicking the shiny ball with Gary and his mom burning the bread sauce. And his sister's face when he told her Santa wasn't real. Oops. <laughs> That's yeah, bad. Yeah, he got in trouble. Yeah, you don't do that. No, you don't. Fair enough. And My brother does. My brother did it to me. He yeah. showed me where the Christmas oh, really? presents were. Oh, yeah. shame on him. Yeah. And, well, no, what, 
I'm the oldest, and so instead my sister came to me and she's like, Senna's not real, is he? And I was like, yeah, but tell mom that you believe in him and you can get presents longer. So <laughs> Smart I helped girl. her out in a very Slytherin way. You are. You are. Yeah, Ulrich doesn't know if he believes. I mean, he's like at that, he's at the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, kind of thing. And I kind of looked at him, I go, what do you think? He goes, I'll believe just in case. There you go. <laughs> See, yeah. he's smart kid. He's, he's hedging his bets, too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really remember if there was a time that I found out or whatever. I just sort of uh, went on not bothering about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I was younger, though, there was... I can't remember what age, but probably around 10-ish. Uh, there was a time, there was a year where I was thoroughly convinced that Santa really was real because there's no way mom and dad would buy us a VCR. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, um, j- just today, or I was like, why do we have stockings? And I looked at him. I go, traditionally, Santa only brings your stockings, not the other guests. He goes... He looks at me, he goes, well, Santa wanted it to be bigger and better. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Stocking gifts are my favorite to give. I We're not giving gifts this year, except for the kids, which I'm really hoping will arrive before we leave. And um, we had talked briefly about just doing stocking gifts for each other. And we've decided to not even do that because of how much the house is costing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The pet sitter. But I had got mom some candy and some new gardening gloves, and I found her a Christmas tree ornament because I always like to get her an ornament. I cannot find the candy or the gloves anywhere. (laughs) I have no idea where I put them. Uh, Oh, dear. So I got to find them. Um, We didn't have stockings. Instead, we had pillowcases. We'd take the pillowcase off our pillows, and then we'd put it at the end of our bed for the presents to go in. Mm, That's cool. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So Dean's dreaming and he kind of wakes up with a start and Ted's like, oh, and he's like, I didn't go back to sleep. I'm going to start the fire. But yeah. mm-hmm. Cause the last thing he dreams of is a girl mm-hmm. and he's very shocked by himself dreaming about a girl. And so yeah. <laughs> that he kissed one last time. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks around and he thinks to himself, he, he didn't know what he was expecting. Perhaps some, miracle where santa was real and it filled the stockings or maybe yeah. a sign that things would get better that they hadn't been forgotten but nothing like that happened so he mm. starts the fire and we get some of his thoughts about this mysterious girl who mm-hmm. was apparently a, supposed to be a rebound fling because he was still feeling kind of put out by Ginny having broken up with him and she'd moved on so quickly and then yeah. um he was drunk one evening and um kissed a girl on the way back from Hogsmeade, but she had really kissed him back and he sort of didn't want to tell her he kind of made a mistake. So they arranged to meet, I think in the restricted section. Mm-hmm. At the yeah. And then after that, he was smitten. So Yeah. And we don't know who she is yet. We just know that he had a girl. Mm-hmm. Or fling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of remembers their last real conversation. And he's like, why are you leaving? And she says, I don't have a choice. My mom and dad are taking me out of school. And he wants to know if she'll stay in touch. And she says, I don't know where I'm going to be. And he says, I'll write. I'll get to Diagon Alley and send you an owl. Or I'll use the mogul post. They clung to each other 
And she's, you know, I don't know where we'll be, but I'll let you know as soon as I can. And he kissed her, and perhaps he knew it would be their last kiss. And so it was full of loss and yearning, and he twined his fingers through her hair and inhaled her spicy scent until she had pulled away. Mm-hmm. So he get he gets back to the campsite, and uh, so I guess he'd gone wandering off a little bit. He was getting logs and stuff for the wood for the fire. Ah, uh, yes. So he's going. He stirs it up, and he starts building the fire again. Mm-hmm. And Ted and Dirk are starting to wake up, and so he gives them uh, some tea that he makes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dirk says, it's not quite the Christmas I was hoping for, but it's better than Azkaban. And Ted says, well, you might be warmer. <laughs> he says, yeah, but not yeah, happier. Not <laughs> mm-hmm. And not really, because Dementors make people cold. So mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. But the thing is, I think they don't, like, are under them. Like, the Dementors do not control them at all times. But no, no, it does. Like, even when they're presents, like, you don't... Yeah, I guess it would be cold. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. And they kind of play the next year game. Next year, I'm going to be doing this. And next year, I'm going to be doing that. And Dirk's like, next year. We'll be lucky to see. And Ted's like, no, don't say it. No. Nope. Gotta play your game. So he says next year, he's going to hold his wife really tight and play however many games his sons want to play. He's not going to complain about having to play games over and over and over ever again. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a game of hope. It's just kind of like, hey, if I won the Mega Millions, what would I do with all that money? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's fun to yeah. a point. It's yeah. it's just giving them hope, and and it's sometimes that's what, that's all you need. A, a little bit of hope can do a lot of damage sometimes. I mean, to whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of the NCIS episode last night where they were battling because all these children were sick and they were trying to figure out why and people were giving up hope and abby was like do you know what's what's contagious during this season and she just goes on and it's hope and love and friendship and joy and they just you know and they they kind of raise their spirits so it's kind of that kind of thing it's just a way to raise their spirits yeah Mm -hmm. Uh and they ask dirk a little bit about what goblins do and uh they don't really have a Christmas celebration. They they enjoy it because all the wizards take more money out of the bank, but uh, it doesn't really mean anything to them. Mm-hmm. They spend, spend, spend. Yeah, and they've all kind of come together. They didn't know each other three months ago, but they came together out of need, and they're kind mm-hmm. of almost a family, but not really. Yeah. Lori, Dean has an idea. did you just do? <laughs> I knocked things over, Mom. Uh, I think my calendar fell down. It did. <laughs> oh dear! Better than the tree. Yeah. Well, true. the thing is, it it came down on its own. It wasn't the cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was looking at used. it. She was looking at it now, thinking, "Huh? How did I do that? From? <laughs> Why couldn't I do that? That would've been fun." <laughs> Stupid cat. We put up like a very tiny artificial tree. Like it's a puck. It's a. P- the, the, the. It's a sparkly purple one. Oh, nice. And, and like, the cats even knock that one down. Because mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. to, like, sit up on the table where we have it. So they yeah. knock it down so they can sit there. <laughs> they're obnoxious uh. like that. It's so funny. Well, they're very rude. Yeah. <laughs> this is my spot. Punk. My yeah. brother's cats clear his office every day. He comes in and all of his papers are on the floor. All the time. <laughs> He's like, really? 
this is my <laughs> office, cats. And they're like, no. He's mistaken. <laughs> yeah, everything belongs to them. Yep. So Dean's yeah. decided that he wants to give Ted a present. And he thinks mm-hmm. about it, and he's like, I got to get him something. And he decides to go off, and he's going to go stretch his legs and keep a lookout. And so Ted says, well, mm-hmm. hurry, we'll come back in half an hour, and I'll have breakfast ready. Yeah. And Ted has got some bacon and eggs and grip hook found mushrooms because mm-hmm. um, there was a muggle farm nearby, and Ted still has some muggle money. Yeah. He was able to buy a few things. And so yeah. he's got. Christmas breakfast of eggs and bacon and mushrooms, and that's going to lift their spirits, too. Sounds mm-hmm. really good. It does. It does. Yeah. I want eggs and bacon and mushrooms. Okay, mm. now you're I making want eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Put some cheese in it, and it would be even better. Mm-hmm. We get that at work oh, a lot. Yeah. Eggs and cheese and bacon mm. for sausage. Yes. I had a very strange supper today because I had um, the some leftovers from my soup that I had for lunch, which was sort of a, a spicy, um, apparently it's supposed to be sausage, sausage and chicken gumbo. It basically came across as spicy. Um, <laughs> and um, so there was a little bit of that. And then I had some toaster waffles, which is complete contrast to that. But yeah, it was here. And now I have a carrot. So Okay. What do you put on your toaster waffles? Um, this particular time, peanut butter and honey. I like doing oh, that. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I sometimes I put jelly on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I use syrup, but I find, especially with the toaster waffles, the flavor of them on their own isn't as good. So putting more stuff on them makes more sense. Mm-hmm. When I like make pancakes or make my own waffles, um, except I can't here because I don't have a waffle maker. But uh, when I have done that before, we sometimes just have a little bit of butter or some syrup or something because the... The uh, pancakes and waffles themselves are tasty enough, but mm-hmm. these are, you know, mm-hmm. cheap co-op brand frozen waffles, so they're not all that good. <laughs> I think we're all hungry. I think you're right. <laughs> I've, I've never had toaster waffles. They sound interesting. They're this is the first time right. I've done that. They're they're okay, but um, yeah, and they good. were they were on sale, so why not? Why not? But, uh, mm-hmm. I thought I'd give them a try, but because I don't have a waffle maker, and I thought I'd see how these are, but I think I'll just wait and make pancakes more often or something mm-hmm. my have- roommate always makes like really nice uh, buttermilk pancakes on saturdays on saturday mornings oh, yeah. now i miss it because like they've gone home for the holidays and i'm like oh, i just want pancakes <laughs> i'm taking pumpkin learn how to make them for yeah pumpkin pancakes for christmas Ew. Oh. Oh, they're good. Don't that. say ooh like that, Trisha. <laughs> I don't like I've pumpkin. I've never thought of putting like pumpkin inside a pancake. That sounds crazy. I've seen I've seen oh. it before. I don't I'm not a pumpkin fan. Oh, mm. that's too bad. I've blueberry pancakes and I've heard of apple pancakes, but uh, that's about it as far as putting things I in. I should have oh, made you apple pancakes where you were here, Scott. I'm sorry. Uh, we did try um, chocolate chip pancakes at one point and it sort of works, but you have Banana to be careful because the the um, the chocolate chips will melt more than and can almost burn yeah, more than the rest of the pancake. Yeah. So you have yeah, to be careful with those. Mm-hmm. Um, it works. What, if you're going to do chocolate with your pancakes, sauce works better. Mm-hmm. Um, or when when I would go for a long runs, 
Arg would stay over with Christian, and Christian would make pancakes for him. Well, they got a thing of calling it man cakes. <laughs> because, well, Arg would never eat a full man cake. Because they're the man big. cake, yeah, they're huge. They're as big as your plate and probably like really, 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 really fluffy. So they're always been man cakes. <laughs> And wow. so when I would make pancakes, Org would make be mad. He goes, "But they're not pancakes, Mom." Aww. I'm like, "Shut up, eat them." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. We should get back to the thick. Yeah, this is making probably me hungry. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they finish so they, their breakfast, mm-hmm. and Ted says, "I'm going to stretch my legs. Don't worry, I've got my wand." And he heads off, and. They start talking. Do you think the Snatchers are going to work today? Or are they taking the day off? Asks Dean. And Dirk says, no, I bet you they'll concentrate their efforts on their on our homes. <laughs> the temptation to return is running deep in all of us. And then Dean's yeah. eyes widen and he looks over at where Ted was going. And he's like, oh, no, he's going to go back. And they jump up and they start running after Ted because they're afraid he's going to do something stupid. Mm. Yeah. And he runs and runs and runs and says, don't do it. Don't apparate. They'll be looking for you. And Ted's like, I was just taking a walk. I wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I was going to, um, um, I'm like, okay, you caught me. I was going to give you this ball that was abandoned. Yeah. He found him a football. That was really cool. And I love that Ted did this because Ted is very, Concerned that they don't steal from the muggles and stuff like that, but he figures this ball has been long abandoned and that no one will miss it, so it's okay to give to Dean. And he knows that Dean really needs something. Mm-hmm. And we find out what Dean was up to because he gives Ted a book. Yes, after they have their uh, soccer game, they have a little mm-hmm. football game. They do have a little them. football game. And then, yes, he presents him with this book that uh, turns out to c- contain sketches that Dean has made mm-hmm. of Tonks and Andromeda. Yeah. Because he's he's seen Tonks before and um uh, at the uh, um Professor Dumbledore's funeral and occasionally at Hogwarts. And apparently Ted carries a photo of Andromeda and Dean remembers enough of it to come up with this sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Is Dean being able to draw canon or yes. canon? No, it's canon. It's yeah, they the are always Because I see a lot Gryffindor. of it in fanfics, and I'm never sure. He's the it's one that a drew canon thing Gryffindor that's been Gryffindor exaggerated. Lion oh, okay. for the first yeah. game. The only reference we have to it is that he drew the lion for their one Quidditch banner. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, And people have taken that and said, oh, he must be an amazing artist and done lots of things with him being an artist. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So Ted, it brings tears to Ted's eyes, and he's sniffling and stuff, but he's really, really touched for this. Yeah. Yeah. And Seamus always said he could catch capture a likeness and apparently he has done really well. So mm-hmm. I like what he says. You you carry that photograph of Andromeda around with you and well you talk about her so vividly that sometimes I can see her beside you. So yeah, that's really touching. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then when uh, Ted heads back towards the camp with his uh, firewood that he's been collecting, Dean takes out his last picture that he drew, and it's Parvati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's his new girl, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, even in canon, the 
the Patel sisters, they ended up going. Yeah, because I, they left before Dumbledore's funeral, didn't they? Um, maybe. Or right after. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, this was a fun... Yeah, a, well... A nice fic to read. It was, I mean, it's kind of sad in a way because we know not all of them survive, but it was it was a good missing moment series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did they happen... Harry and Hermione did happen to find them. Was it on Christmas Eve? I don't think so. Because they happened they, to they had find fish that, that night, so... Yeah. yeah. I think no, it was Christmas close. Eve, that's when... It, it might have been because... They saw them, and then Ron leaves soon after that, and then they go to the to the graveyard, and that's Christmas. That's Christmas Eve. So this is this is after they see them. Mm-hmm. It must be. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say that's when Harry got attacked by the, by the snake mm-hmm. and broke his wand. Was on Christmas or Christmas Eve, one of the two. Right. I think it might be Christmas. It might have been Christmas Day that they went to that's the graveyard. Scary. I can't remember. Yeah, that's, that's when they were in Godric's Hollow. Mm-hmm. And, I think that's when um, they realized it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dog is snoring in the corner. Well, my dog's like, now. Yeah. It doesn't say when exactly it is that um, they came across them just at some point. Um, we know that Which Harry and Ron and Hermione. Or it's just Harry and Hermione. Hmm. I just can't remember. No, it's it, he was still there because afterwards, it was shortly after that that Terry said the taboo word and they got captured and brought to Malfoy Manor. <laughs> and because Dean was also captured and brought to Malfoy Manor, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he came with them. Dean and Grippa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you hear her? She seems like she's getting louder. No, I can't hear her. I can't hear anything. And Bernie decided to come in. He's going to spend time with me now that he's getting fed over here. So, Well, let's say goodnight for the thick part, and then we'll send you on your merry way. Thank you for dropping everything and doing this with us. Oh, yeah. no problem. And Especially when you're not feeling your best. You. So, yeah, this was... Um, and it, it was sort of a last minute find. I was, I literally Googled, um, Christmas Harry Potter fan fiction. And, um, <laughs> this one has Christmas in the title, so it showed up. Right. Um, but I knew that, uh, Equinox Chick was a good author, even though I haven't read any of her stuff before. And, um, yeah, it was, I was, was nice. glad to find it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was nice. It was a, it was a good find. It was a sad thing, but it also, it was, it was a, a something to remember of, you know what, we, we don't get to see this. It wasn't a typical Harry Potter fic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, it's, sometimes it's kind of nice. You get to see the other stories. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't get to see all that much of Dean, and especially of Ted in the canon, so it's, it's right. nice to see, have, give yeah. them their moment to shine mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And I, I did find another one, but I think we've probably done enough for one podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. if I remember, we can do it next year. Who knows? There you go. <laughs> next year, maybe we'll be better prepared because I had kind of thought, oh, well, it's not going to happen. I'm just not going to worry about it. And I saw Scott's post. We're going to record tonight. And I was like, okay, I guess we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I figured having posted that this afternoon, I should probably show up to the actual recording. <laughs> so, you know. So. But, it's fun. Just, I'm glad to do it. Yeah, me too. And I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how I was going to find the time. But mom's not home, so I can eke out the time. And I did get my pet sitter notes typed up beforehand. 
and I can't really pack because my clothes are still in the washing machine. Ah, I see. I don't I have, have that excuse. I I've, should just pack them anyway. I've made myself lists of what I need to take. And it starts with earbuds, computer, computer cords. Oh, I bet you that's my brother. <laughs> Hang on. Hi, Alex. Are you hungry? <laughs> I can't feed you because your brother will eat it. How dare he? Did you come yeah. in the cat door? Isn't that fun? You like kitty doors. He's like, all right, if you're not going to feed me, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, Pretty much. Okay. Did we say goodnight? I can't remember. I don't think we did, right, technically. Well, let's, let's say goodnight for the fix. So, yeah. goodnight, Trisha. I hope your, your draining goes away, although I do enjoy your sexy voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> yep. Can't wait to hear what it actually sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting. It's always fun. It will probably uh-huh. be kind of a contrast for me because uh-huh. uh, I've been listening to some of our recent ones that have come out and I was still recording with my uh, very tinny um, mm-hmm. webcam mic and then now there's this one. I don't know which formal podcast we actually, I actually switched to this in, so it'll be an interesting jump. But mm-hmm. there you go. Did you have any other holiday stories you wanted to tell before you go, Trisha? Or should um, we let you go to bed? I can't think of any. Okay. Well, but... if you think of one in the next day or so, uh, you can always record it and send it to Sue. <laughs> nah, I, I think I'm good. But I no, I just... always uh, put your your recording of you and Ulrich singing Rudolph in here. <laughs> yeah, good. From way back when. We were uh, all trying to make get points and and do stuff. That was fun. Uh, well, well, Merry Christmas. Well, Hanukkah's over, but I hope your Hanukkah is nice. And whatever you whatever you celebrate, and I hope the New Year is good for all of you. Well, thank mm-hmm. you very much. I hope you get better soon. Mm-hmm. I will. I'm now. I'm just feeling it now. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I like okay. I shouldn't have been punching that bag for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yep, go to bed. I will. Well, the cat's laying on me, so she's gonna give me sleeping gas soon. So I'll be passed out. Okay. So no cats um, did that. Oh yeah, they give you when they lay oh, on top yeah. of you and they get you really nice and warm. They and they start to purr. That's the sleeping gas, and then all of a sudden you pass out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm oh, there you go. Both of these boys tonight, and instead of sleeping, I'm going to be squished between them and muttering about cats. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, good night, Trisha. Feel better. Okay. Thank you. Night. Night. Bye-bye. Bye. So, I'm kind of curious about what your various celebrations are like being Christmas in the summer. <laughs> do they still do the um, sort of dressing up with red and white fur, even though it's irrelevant? Or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and then like there's still like all the cards in the shops with all the like snow and stuff on it, and you're like, this doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> yeah. And then um, um, some parts of like Australia just go with it. Like there's um, like ads on TV, and like you know they're selling like Christmas hams and all that sort of stuff. So like the ad for it, it's got like Santas, and they're on surfboards. And like they're okay. in the waves and stuff, and like they're singing this song while they're surfing and holding up this ham. It's one of the best ads ever. It's hilarious. <laughs> but Sounds yeah, fun. yeah. So like some things you'll find, and like they just um, go with the fact that we're in the middle of summer, and like you can't like move that much without being like, Ugh, I'm just a pull of 
gross sweat. Mm-hmm. And like other things are like, yeah, Christmas time, snow and stuff. And you're like, I, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, it sounds like. But there, you've got a couple of songs. There's the, um, Joey Kangaroo song. Yeah. I guess that's more, but yeah, cause the, the six white boomers. Yeah, like there's like song. a couple of, um, like Australian Christmas songs and mm. stuff. And they're mm. fun. I've heard an Australian version of, um, oh, what was it? I think maybe 12 Days of Christmas. And it was different summary things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good fun. So like, it always um, seems interesting when you, because most of the time you just don't think about the other hemisphere having the opposite seasons, and then it come, will come up. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I probably think about it more because, um, like, a lot of our television and stuff comes from like the other hemisphere because that's where most people are. Um, mm-hmm. So like. I, like, realize that other people are in the middle of winter. And then, like, I'll be talking to, like, one of my online friends. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I went out and, like, mowed the lawn today. And um, it was so hot, I had to, like, come inside and my face was all red. They're like, what? Oh, right, you're in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would you mow the so- lawn when it's, like... <laughs> Why would you um, mow the lawn in snow? Why? I don't know. Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People always say they would rather, you know, switch to the other season, but I don't, I think that would be, um, it would be too much of a shock to the system if I was to somehow come to Australia right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, I you'd think it would like, be easier to, to do like, and you'd just yeah. die. <laughs> exactly. Where, cause you, you have to get acclimatized to things. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah. I mean, we're talk. I was talking about, uh, earlier how minus five celsius is so warm right now but in the <laughs> fall when it first gets to minus five celsius you're like oh no it's cold now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, freezing yeah what's happening mm-hmm. so I, I think it would be more fun if if i ever managed to come down to australia or new zealand or even mm-hmm. south america or somewhere it would make more sense to do it in spring or fall because they're sort of closer together, just going in the opposite direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Well, spring here is very good. Like, the water is still pretty okay on the beach, and it's mm-hmm. like a nice temperature. Yeah, so I could come from where it's just sort of starting to get cold here, and then it would be starting to warm oh, up yeah. there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't that would be, be lovely. big contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lady Cheese says happy holidays and best wishes to everyone. She has no voice, so she can't say anything. And Jules said she would love to come on and wish everybody happy holidays and best wishes, but she didn't have a working mic, so that didn't work either. It's good to hear from them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Trisha said when she left, to uh, Happy holidays from pretty much everybody at Popa. I think mm-hmm. if we actually managed to um, bend Ryan's ear or any of the other people, they would all agree that uh, yeah. we want to hope everybody has a good time and stays safe. No major snow drifts or any of that kind of thing, or mm-hmm. in your case, any, you know, tidal waves or sand burn or whatever else you might, uh, <laughs> odd uh, things might happen to you. <laughs> Well, I guess there's still like a couple of bushfires going on, but mostly it's okay. Well, that's good. That's good. And uh, yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone that celebrates that, and um, enjoy 
having a bit of a break if you don't celebrate things and uh, try and, you know, endure the season while it's here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have just a, a happy holiday and we wish you all the best in the coming new year. Yeah. Exactly. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. <laughs> I'd say we should sing, but I don't think it works over Skype. The delay just messes stuff up. It just, yeah. <laughs> no, that was I didn't think it would be a good idea. We did that. Very, very bad. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was good to come and it was good chat to with everybody for a little talk. bit. I know. We're, I'm missing out on our podcast. Poor mom. She's like, okay, now what night is podcast night this week? I said, I don't know. We'll have to find out what Bob's schedule is. <laughs> yeah. It's not regular anymore. It's not. So everybody take care and, um, well, I'll see you in the new year. See you in the new year. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> hum, 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 hum. Ding dong, ding dong, that is their song. With joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, fill in the air. Hum, hum. Gathering while people sing songs of good cheer, Christmas is here. Hum, merry, 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 merry Christmas. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Hum, bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Hum, ding dong, ding dong. G'day, this is Rosella. Merry Christmas. Here's a Christmas story just for you at Woofa. Early on one Christmas day, a joey kangaroo was far from lost in a great big zoo. Mummy, where's my mummy? They've taken her away. Will you find your mummy's son? Hop up on the sleigh. Up beside the bag of toys, little Joey hopped, but they hadn't gone far and Santa stopped, unharnessed all the reindeer, and Joey wondered why. Then he heard a far off booming in the sky. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian own. Pretty soon old Santa began to feel the heat, took his fur-lined boots off to cool his feet. Into one pot Joey, feeling quite okay, while those old kangaroos kept pulling the sleigh. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Joey said to Santa, Santa, what about the toys? Aren't you giving some to these girls and boys? They've got all their presents, son. We were here last night. This trip is an extra trip. Joey's special flight. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Soon the sleigh was flashing past right over Marble Bar. Slow down there, cried Santa. It can't be far. Come up on my lap, son, and have a look around. There she is. That's Mummy, bounding up and down. Six white 
white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Well, that's the bestest Christmas treat that Joey ever had. Curled up the mother's pouch all snug glad. Last they saw was Santa headed northward from the sun. The only year the boomers worked to double. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. <laughs> Jingle bells ring, no reindeer. There's no sign. <laughs> what are you gonna sing? Jingle bells ring, fashion is snow. The one there's soft and slay. Oh, where do go? Laughing go away. Ha ha ha. Bells are about to ring. Making spirits bright. All oh, I'll find is the ride and sing a swing song to light. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle always. All oh, I'll find is to ride and watch myself to sleep. Happy holidays, Piffle. Have a wonderful day. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.